Welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Well, welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I am your host, Angie, and I am here today at the beginning of Limb Loss and Limb Difference Awareness Month with a new friend of mine here that I met actually through the Limb Center. Our prosthetists are the same guy, the one and the same. And I would love to introduce you to, and believe it or not, we have very similar last names, Andrew Hauser, my last name being Huser. We're just off by one letter in the alphabet. Welcome, Andrew. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Now, yeah, yeah. Th- this is new. For those people that don't know, I literally had heard about you from Randy and David while I was at their offices doing those necessary tweaks. And, um, and they're like, oh, you've got to meet Andrew. You've got to meet Andrew. You'd really love it. He'd be great for your podcast. He'd be great. And, you know, nothing really happened, but just every once in a while, you might actually catch someone in the office coming or going with you. And that's when I met you and your wife. And yeah. we got to talk briefly, but it was like an, an intense, like 10 minute discussion, 15 minute discussion before you guys were out the door and I was getting helped. So for those of you joining us, I'm going to learn a lot about Andrew today. I know a little (laughs) bit about his backstory or what he's been up to when I met him, I don't know, maybe six to eight months ago, but life has changed. So I would just like for you to just give me a feel of who Andrew is. Like start at the beginning, like, where did you grow up? What kind of life did you have as a kid? Where, where were you? Uh, so I grew up in a place called Stillwell, Kansas. It's uh, it's south of Overland Park, Kansas, which a lot of people in the Midwest would know that area. But it's 45 minutes an hour south of Kansas City. Okay. Um, yeah, grew up, uh, I feel like, a little bit of a typical Midwestern suburban <laughs> uh, way to grow up, but um, played a lot of sports. I mean, I was, I was super active. Uh, Baseball was my primary focus, but I mean, I ran track, I played ice hockey, football, basketball, I mean, you kind of name it, just super active kid. Um, And then when I was 18 years old, so it was actually the day we got back from our state baseball tournament, um, I was involved in a single car accident um, where I actually fell asleep at the wheel, woke up, overcorrected and ended up in a ditch. And actually, so it hit a, uh, a telephone pole. Holy cow. Pole, yeah, the, the pole landed on my, it's on my car in my lap, pinned me. Um, it was pretty late at night. Uh, a couple happened to be driving home the long way that night. And I was about 100 yards from a fire station. So we, we lived kind of out in the country um, at the time. And I was, I was only a mile from my house when the accident actually happened. So I can't imagine from my parents' perspective, getting a knock on the door, probably two in the morning, uh, telling them like, Hey, your, your son's been involved in an accident. Um, but I, I remember bits and pieces, honestly, of the accident itself, like just in and out of consciousness. I remember talking to people that found me, I remember speaking with the firefighters that were on, on the scene. Um, I remember, uh, not to be too graphic with, with the audience, but I remember, uh, so I had a compound fracture of my femur. Um, so I remember like all the blood from that and just and trying to add pressure onto my thigh. Uh, that was the only thing that made it feel good at the time. Um, I didn't realize I'd lost my leg at that point. Uh, but kind of the last thing I remember before getting taken out of the car uh, I was like, okay, I, I moved my, my hands, not, no issues there. I could move my head. Uh, I, I remember moving my right ankle and, my, and squeezing my toes. And then I'm seeing my left leg uh, like below the pole and I couldn't feel anything happening. And, and at that point, I remember uh, that was a bit of a panic for sure uh, moment. And then after that, I remember 
briefly, like looking back as I'm getting put onto the life flight. And then I woke up the next afternoon sometime. Uh, and my dad was actually in the uh, ICU room with me at the time. Uh, and I remember, well, I was, I was strapped down, but I remember that was the first thing I remember after the accident. And uh, that was the first thing I asked him was if I had lost my leg. And, and at, at the uh, hospital, at least they told me, I can't say I can confirm or deny this with anyone else, but they said that's pretty normal uh, for people to, to realize that like pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, the, the door of the car actually amputated my leg on site. I found out later. Um, and so they took my lower leg to the hospital and the potential of it being reattached, but they said it was, it was a bit too, too mangled at that point. Uh, so I lost my leg about, I've got like four and a half, five inches below my left knee, uh, left. Um, and yeah, that was the start to my, uh, summer leaving high school. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was June 1st. So, uh, that was your senior year. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty easy at least to remember that date. Um, yeah. uh, it's funny cause my, my mom will still call me like every June 1st and, and it's like, she's waiting, she's waiting to see if I say anything like, do you remember what <laughs> uh oh yeah yeah I mean at this point too in my life so I just turned 37 this past year so I that was kind of a weird moment for me it's like wow I've literally lived more than half my life now uh without my low pine that's both legs really yeah I mean what yeah and that's and I love this story because it is different from mine you know I I I speak to my personal journey when I speak on my podcast. And, you know, of course no one's ever said it, but I always play my own devil's advocate and be like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, but I got to choose it. Yes. That helped me deal this with the surgery yeah. itself. I wasn't shocked and surprised and having to get over that emotional hump, but having four months to weigh my pros and cons of deciding that yeah. for myself and knowing it's coming each day, a little bit closer has its own bag of yeah. struggles, but I, I can't even, and you, you and I are both, so we're both above knee left side. No, I'm below. Sorry. Oh, you, oh, you are. Yeah, I'm four oh, you, oh, below oh. My knee. okay. Oh, so you've got, you've got the knee joint. That's yeah. good. And you know, I don't know too many below knees. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a difference, right? Like oh, for sure, hundred percent. not having to, I mean, I hate not being able to feel my foot but I hate when I don't know if my knees where it's supposed to be when I'm like, yeah, walking yeah. over terrain and stuff. And I've, I've had some good biffs because I've not been able to feel <laughs> that, but that's either here nor there. So tell me, um, well, being 18 then, and you had a, a support, do you have siblings and stuff you said? Yeah. So I have an older brother and an older sister. Um, it's funny because, so I was planning on going to school to play baseball actually. And um, and my parents at the time, they had sold their house. They were, uh, I was the last one to go, uh, I was the youngest. So I was the last one to go to school and they were actually in the process of later that summer, they were moving down to Northwest Arkansas. So, I mean, they had to totally redirect at that point. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was definitely a roller coaster just from an emotional perspective. I, I remember like just vividly being like, Oh my gosh, like I was just so happy to be alive. Um, and, and like, that was my, at that point, that was my real only concern was like, okay, like somehow you survive this. I mean, I had like six or seven surgeries and I, I think I remember two maybe at all, like coming out of two of them. Um, and it was, I mean, to say your world got turned upside down, probably an understatement. I mean, 18, you don't think anything's ever going to happen to you You're in general. Yeah. 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 And I, I was, I was probably making, some, I can't say probably, I was making some pretty poor decisions at that point in my <laughs> life too. Um, and uh, I'm probably lucky in some respect that it wasn't worse. Um, I mean, obviously death would be worse or like, I mean, who knows? I mean, you could easily be the pole that landed on my leg 
miss my barely miss my head. I mean, I could have easily become a quad or para. Yeah. Um, but to go from like I felt I was an I was always an athlete and I felt like pretty indestructible from that perspective. I'd never really even I'd broken some ribs in football once. Um, otherwise, I'd always been uh, super healthy and. And then that happens, like everything happened at once. Um, so it was like, okay, you're, you're going through the process of mentally, you've, I've only associated myself with like, I just saw myself as like the athlete. And that's, mm-hmm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do school-wise other than that. Uh, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. And it's like, well, okay, well, now that's gone. So it's, for, for me, that I'm, I mean, I'm glad it happened because, uh, now working with a lot of professional athletes over the years, you can really see how closely uh, interrelated their personality is with them as the athlete, but who do they really know who they are without that? Um, and blessing or a curse, I was able to find that out at a very abrupt but young age. Um, and I mean, it, it, it definitely changed my life for the better, I would, would it be nice to have my leg? Obviously it, it, would, it would be. It's, I always thought it was funny when they, like the Oscar Pistorius uh, situation when he, before his legal issues of trying to figure out like, oh, is it an advantage? Like, right. that is the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Right. Um, every every inch you get back of your leg, kind of to your point on, mm-hmm. on your knee, um, every inch you get back in your leg is a help. It is. So, so yeah, like in every joint, I mean, that's, that goes beyond saying, right. um, and so just the fact that that was ever an argument, like it just tells you how ridiculous and single track line people are. They can't, uh, anyway, so I, I know. I <laughs> that could be a whole nother yeah. podcast right there. Just the fact yeah. that they actually think that could be an advantage. Um, no, and it's true. Like I always find myself even fortunate because I, they took out my knee replacement. So they had to get at least all the spike out of my femur. And so they mm-hmm. stopped right above that. So that, that, so I have a pretty long femur, which is great because you know, my suction is amazing. Sometimes too good. Sometimes I fight with it at night trying to get it off, but summer's coming. It won't be a fight anymore. It'll be sliding. (laughs) Summer in Arizona, these suckers heat up real fast. Um, Well, I think it's, um, I like the idea that, that you see that as a perspective. Now, if you go back to your 18 year old self, and you know, one thing I was told to come to reality uh, and to grips with as my surgery approached was that losing a limb is like losing, um, a person that you care deeply about. You, you go through stages of grieving. Um, I, I do things quickly. <laughs> I don't think I ever really grieved it. And I don't know if that's denial or if that's just, thank God, that's how God made me. How about you? Do you remember any anger or frustration or struggles that way that really kind of, there was a dark cloud at any moment after that? Yeah, happened? Um- you know what? I felt like that first six months after was probably like one of the best places I've ever been mentally to be totally honest, because it was, it was just like, Oh my gosh, like uh, I'm alive. And like now, now what am I going to do with that? Um, and I, I don't want to say it was like perfect after that by, by any means, because there, there are struggles. And I think there are things like, Honestly, like a big hurdle for me was just getting over, like, people are going to look, they're going to, they're going to stare. Mm-hmm. Um, and little kids are actually the best because they're going to stare, but they're usually going to ask you, but like adults are the worst. Cause they're like awkwardly, like I can feel your, you can eye. feel it. Yes, you can. Um, but I, I think getting over, so the people looking and then just like, I mean, as an 18, 19, 20 year old uh, just wearing shorts again was like a big step forward for me. I remember vividly the first time I, I actually like went to the gym with shorts on. I was like, okay. And that was, I was probably holding my breath half the time, but, uh, but getting over that was definitely a big step. Um, 
there's there's probably I would say a time. So I I started school on time. I just went to a junior college mm. uh, that first semester, um, and that that's probably a whole other side story. Just because like that's so how I started working with, started going to physical therapy, and then started going to. Uh, I actually started seeing an athletic trainer at that point, which uh, th- there was a, guy, a gentleman and another lady that they treated me like an athlete. Like I actually didn't enjoy physical therapy at all. I was like, oh, this is like some of this I get is necessary, but I, like, you're an athlete, like you want to be pushed. And right. it didn't feel like it, it kind of felt like, okay, like you had to be patient which like now I can appreciate that, but it's also <laughs> like you're just checking a box. Yeah, right. A certain perspective. Uh, but they treated me like an athlete and it was more like strength and conditioning. Um, so I never saw the two as separate. Like I'm an athletic trainer and a strength coach at this point, really because of those two individuals. I didn't know that was a career going into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't start walking into, so it happened June 1st and you have to, especially in a traumatic injury, you have to wait for all the swelling to come out of your residual limb. Yeah. I never like calling it a stump. Um, I know but, me neither. I don't. And residual limb is so long. There's gotta be a better thing. Yeah. Yeah. Although if it would lead to some sort of relationship with stump town coffee, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> all for that. Uh, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> no, um, but uh, yeah. So I didn't start walking until November of that year so it took like yeah my lunges sick kept shrinking i mean i went from like i was probably between 200 and 210 pounds as a high school senior um i was 150 155 granted that was with uh, missing lower leg but that's about 10 pounds 15 at most yeah um so i mean it was a pretty dramatic i mean it just kind of ate away um, at you while you're, I mean, that much time, obviously not really being able to move and going from training a lot to not training and, uh, the, uh, but I, I still remember putting on my leg for the first time and it was so, I don't even know if I could describe like how intense the pain was just to have the leg on, not to, not to walk, just actually having the leg on, like just so it was so sensitive. And it was just like, I was just pushing for like five minutes at a time. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure if your situation was quite like that, but it was, I mean, it was intense. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, again, I started walking when I was still in physical therapy. And so I was probably, I was probably, I walked with crutches, I would say for about a, a month, maybe a little less. Mm. And then I was walking without crutches by it was difficult to actually give crutches up, which sounds weird. It was like an emotional crutch. It's a perfect name for them. Yeah. yeah. No, I get you. I felt that way with the, um, um, that liner we wear at night when you first have the oh, surgery. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I was like afraid to take it off. off. I, yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to see the incision. I didn't want to see the actual yeah. skin missing the rest of the body that made it all real. Yeah. But with that on, I felt very safe. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I felt. That was my it's, crutch. Um, yeah. So, at, well, after, so probably sometime in that December around the holidays, I was walking without a crutch. So by the time, like I transferred to university of Kansas, which is where I finished my schooling, uh, my undergrad, um, after that first semester at junior college. So I transferred up there and then I would drive back a couple times a week, which is like a 45 minute drive ish, uh, to rehab. And, um, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's when I was like, okay, I, again, I didn't know what I wanted to do school wise. Like I was thinking like, okay, maybe law school, um, it was really just a lack of not knowing. And then after really after a year of working six months to a year of working with those two individuals, it's like, well, again, I didn't realize this was a career. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great. It's kind of feeds like what I'm passionate about in general is, right. is sport and just being active. Um, yeah. And then it was kind of like, okay, now I had a new goal. 
Um, it was my thing, especially from a coaching mindset was like, all right, I'm missing a limb, but like my goal was always like, you should be able to do anything that anyone out here can do. Like maybe I'm not going to be as fast as I was or um, I'm not going to be able to jump as high, but it should look just as pretty. There you <laughs> now go. I feel like I look, I probably look like an old time video where it's like, <laughs> it, looks, it looks really good, but it's almost like slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> no. And everybody always seems to give props. Like, like, you know, it's hard, right? But the fact is, is it's possible. I always tell my husband will get frustrated if I want to try something really hard, a hike, especially around here, or like we did Mount Humphreys. He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, I can do anything step by step. If I look at the whole mountain, it's intimidating. And I think that's when a lot of people pull back. And so I can't do that step by step. And then you go as far as you can. You know, we, we, we got to the cloud, the, the uh, opening, and then it started to, to rain. And that was the most traumatic experience going back down in that well, going down is the worst mudslide rocks and roots. I broke my, my sticks on the way down. It got caught in a rock and snapped. I'm like, great. Um, so before we move on to where you're at now, what, how that led to your profession, I'm just curious because my situation is different and I don't get to talk to too many people that had an accident. Phantom pains. I have heard that they are harder and, and, and more intense for someone who's gone through traumatic. Is, is that the mm -hmm. case for you? Or is that also a uh, personal situation? So I was lucky enough where, I mean, early on, obviously you're, you're in pain from not having the limb anymore, right. but I've never really experienced like true phantom limb pain. Now my foot and my leg feels like it's there to this mm -hmm. day. Um, so I use a vacuum system on my leg. So if I'm losing vacuum, like that throws me off more than anything, uh, because it, it just changes like my per uh, perception and my, my awareness of my, of my leg. But it's like, I still to this day, sometimes will like bend down to scratch my like ankle or foot or, yeah. uh, one of the hardest things for me after the accident was like, I always like pop my toes and yeah. like squeeze them and would pop yeah. them. And not doing that was like, not like I still think about it from time to time, 18, 18 years later, 19 <laughs> years later. Um, but I, yeah, again, like, I mean, thank God I, I never really had the uh, actual phantom pain, but I mean, I, it, it's still weird to me. And, and I don't know if any of your listeners can relate to this or not, or if you can, it's still weird to me to go by a, uh, either see my shadow or stand in front of a full length mirror and be like, Oh, like that's my, that's my leg. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. I, I still, I mean, three years in, I'm, you know, it's only been three years for me and I still like, to me, it's not something that I'm embarrassed by. Like I go out loud and proud with my leg on. Yeah. But to me, it's like being without my leg. I feel like I'm naked. So yeah. it's not an appropriate photo. I don't like some people do that. And I'm like, don't want to see it. Don't nope. And so I won't, I'm never except bedtime. So my leg goes on at like six in the morning to get my kiddo to school. And then it doesn't come off till yeah. I go to bed. And so yeah. I'm fortunate that way because it's just, that's, I've decided that was the way my life was going to be. And I can't mm -hmm. imagine being on crutches any time during the day. I'm, I feel yeah. completely incompetent in crutches. There's, you have no hands. Yeah. You can't I do anything. Hopped. I know I do that. My husband gets upset with me. He goes, you got one good knee. <laughs> don't yeah, blow it. <laughs> Cause we don't know yeah. what happened to that knee. Cause I have, mine is more of an internal thing. So if I end up having mm -hmm. to have surgery, on any other joints, I could have the exact same outcome. Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay. we don't want to play with that. So no, no you don't. You however, don't. I do jump rope and he doesn't really say anything about that. <laughs> do you, but you wear your, do you wear your, limb? no, 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 you don't. Wow. No, it, yeah. I've tried. I, mean, it's I, I jump heavy. rope a fair amount, but yeah, I, wow. That, that would be different. I've seen people online, like, uh, uh, Olympic lifts 
without their limb on. And that would be a different, that'd be a totally different. I would for sure fall. I'm sure. I mean, it's practice, but it, well, it is like, I literally showers. I stand in the shower. The only time I need to elbow yeah. a wall is when I'm shampooing. Cause I can't see once you close your eyes, you <laughs> yeah. lose all sense of balance. But yeah. I think my balance, you know, my sir, mine happened because of karate and mm-hmm. I had some pretty good balance because of karate. So I had that going into this. My core strength was high. My balance was on point and I was strong. However, I spent five years dealing with surgeries and yet it comes right back to that muscle memory and everything has been a godsend because there is a lot I do. I I prefer to do a lot of stuff around my house, lifting wise and workout wise without my prosthetic on, because Mm -hmm. it is impossible to keep the knee up when I'm planking or pushups and things like that. I just, it drives me nuts. So I, I tend not to, um, okay. So moving on you, it's really interesting because I was always associating myself as an athlete and it's kind of neat. I, I just turned 50 and to see that there is no way in the world I would have ever said I was going to do a podcast in my entire life. Never. <laughs> and, and I just finished my personal training certification and corrective exercise because there are so many people out there. Um, women, especially who really are struggling with the way they look mm-hmm. becoming an amputee. But it's interesting as I was working with my PT for like five or six years, I started going, I could do this. I could talk to people. I could get this. If they just let me work on knees, I know my knee inside and out. Now I could do knees. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to learn the rest of the anatomy to work with that, but it's interesting that that's how your path was. It was kind of an opened up a new world. Um, for you that you didn't realize was there. So tell us what you've been doing. What, what are some of your cool jobs you've had where you're at now? Because as I talked to you last week, you said things are different. So I want to hear all about this. uh, For the last 14 years, I mean, I've been in professional baseball the last six, seven years in the major leagues. Um, I've worn a number of different hats, honestly. So I was, uh, I came out of school. I got actually got to leave school early um, and kind of finish. This is like before they were really doing this. It's not like I had to work it out with all my professors, my program director, but I got to leave school like a semester early, finish kind of the remaining stuff online. I was a strength coach, a minor league strength coach with the Phillies. Um, and then I, I went to school to be an athletic trainer for those of your listeners that don't know. Um, or a certified athletic trainer. <laughs> it's really like a first responding version of a physical therapist would probably be the easiest way. I don't think they named the profession very well. It should, probably should have been a certified athletic therapist. Um, but the guys that run onto the field when people get hurt in games. So uh, yeah, yeah. So strength coach, athletic trainer. Uh, and so I, I went to uh, Tampa Bay Rays and worked my way up the minor leagues as an athletic trainer. Um, I worked in a physical therapy clinic in the off season um, at that point. And that was in New Mexico. That's a whole other story, but that's how I met my wife actually. Okay. Um, (laughs) And I then took a job with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks where I was kind of a middleman. I was like, I was like in a assistant to the, the strength room and assistant to the uh, medical room. So I could work in between both rooms, which yeah. not really the norm and especially in pro sports. Um, Arizona's been a pretty progressive uh, organization from that perspective in the strength of medical world. Yeah. Um, and I uh, worked there actually for four years and and then I became the director of player health and performance for the Atlanta Braves. So I o- oversaw everything really. Um, and it was a, that was a huge draw. I mean, it was difficult leaving Arizona because I, I love the people, especially with the Diamondbacks. Um, my wife is from this is from New Mexico. So from the Southwest, so close to family. Yeah. Uh, and my wife's a physical therapist. Um, but this was a lot, it was like the, Again, since I was a little kid, I was like, I wanted to be in the big leagues. And I was like, wow, this is not only my, like the opportunity to be uh, in the big leagues full time, but it's an opportunity to develop a staff 
and really oversee like everything. It was like the dream job scenario as well. So we moved to Atlanta. Um, I can't tell you how much I learned in that time, personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause I mean, that's a, people that aren't involved in pro sports. And I think baseball specifically, all pro sports are, are very difficult from a family perspective. And just from a time perspective, it's like what you see on TV is such a small, it's like such a minuscule piece of it all. Um, I mean, from seven to 10, you might be watching the game. Well, the, the staff, the medical and strength staff, especially and nutrition staff had been there since, 12 o'clock. So they're there really from 12 to 12 every day. Uh, you're home a week, you're gone a week. And then you take into some like those, I mean, this was a leadership role. And like, now you're talking about, I mean, it's a, it's nonstop really. I mean, it's, I've gotten calls on Christmas Eve. I've gotten calls on Thanksgiving to get stuff done. So, I mean, it's 365 days a year. Um, and uh, but again, you learn, you learn a lot. And I felt like every step along the way, it's like, wow, there's so much to do like throughout my <laughs> professional progress, but it's like, you find out like, okay, you can actually do a little bit more. And then you feel like, okay, I could shave this off. I, I love legal yellow pads. Um, I make a lot of lists, <laughs> That's um, good. Um, but then you just start like refining processes and putting systems in place and uh, not getting tied too much to any one system. Um, it's there's a lot of fun involved in it, but it's I mean it's a lot of work. It's not for the, the faint heart. No. Uh, but anyway, so I was there until like we made our first playoff run, um, and then I made the switch to, uh, I was the director of rehab for the last three years with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, and my wife was from out West again. And it was like, okay, like there was, there was a good um, financial opportunity from being on the player's pension plan, which is a kind of a, another conversation yeah. uh, with the role, but it was also an opportunity to get back closer to some family um atlanta but we honestly like we love living in atlanta um yeah. and it's like one of the few few places out east i think we could see ourselves moving back to it huh. if the timing was right yeah but, um uh, worked there the last three years i mean got to win a world series which was unbelievable That's experience cool. i mean not not too many people get to get to go through that the playoffs in general are um it's a totally different experience than the rest of it, yeah. which is, which is a lot of fun. Um, and and I, I would imagine that it's that way in any sport at that point, just the oh, intensity sure. and it just totally changes. Um, and yeah, so now this past year, which we met you this past year. Uh-huh. So I've, uh, I've been working with Randy since I was with the Diamondbacks. That's how I met him originally. He was okay. still with Hanger. Um, right. And then, uh, and then he opened his own place. And like the, uh, for me, I was like, I was always looking for, you know, a, a prosthetist that could kind of speak my language. And like, yes. uh, he was like the first one where I was like, okay, like I've had some that I've liked. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, but he was like, oh, like, it just felt like he got it. And I mean, I've stuck with him for the last decade and he, I, I can't speak highly enough about him as a human i mean he would even when i go to atlanta like when i he'd come meet me at the hotel when we'd come play the diamondbacks on the road um it was easier now when i i took the role in la because i mean you have spring training here and that in phoenix and then you you come and play the the diamondbacks three times a year so it was easier to kind of finagle uh but still like he's bent over backwards um and yeah, like I said, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about him. Um, but yeah, this, so something my wife and I had been talking about for a while was, uh, I mean, we want to start a family and pro sports are, are difficult. And, and I do not want to say it's impossible because there's a lot of good people oh, yeah. that do it that are, that are good parents. Right. Um, but something like 
that we grew up with. Like my dad owned his own business growing up, uh, but he was always at all all of our events. Uh, my mom stayed at home with us, uh, and then my wife's parents. My uh, my wife's mom own, owns a gym actually, and then her dad is an orthopedic <laughs> surgeon. But again, like those can be very busy busy careers, especially. Oh, yeah. uh, especially the surgeon, but they were always there. And that's something we'd always talked about was just like, well, I've been an absentee husband, which was, a. I'd been talking about this for a while. Like, I don't want to be an absentee parent. And then I was like, whoa, like, it was a two by four to the head. And I was like, yeah. I've been an absentee husband. Um, so <laughs> any, anyway, some, some different things took place, but at, at the end of the day, like, uh, we decided like we just moved back to Phoenix literally like we're really still getting all like the movement things it's just been in the last couple of weeks um and I'm now doing like one-on-one like performance training and one-on-one rehab um and working with a number of different athletes so uh, it's it's been a uh kind of a whirlwind of a last six months I think but the last last two especially when it was like when we finally decided like, you know what, like we talked about it for a while. My wife's a physical therapist as well. Um, but we, we have a baby on the way oh, in June, early June. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Woo. Yeah. We're excited. Oh, I uh, bet you are. But yeah, just another going, chapter like, jump. Yeah. Jumping into the deep end. And, and we said, we we're like, you know what, let's see how the first year goes. And, and then you can kind of reassess if that's like, okay. Um, is it, it's one of those things where I think you can probably make it, as, you can be as busy as you want to be. Um, but one of the things that, uh, that pro sports really brought to light for me, especially like the last, uh, it, it kind of all happened at the same time. So the, I'd say the pandemic happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into that, like I could met, like we talked about, like well, life after baseball, and like I, it wasn't real to me yet, like the possibility of getting out. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a a person I worked very closely with for uh, when I was with Arizona, that was a he was a bench coach with another major league organization at the time. Uh, he got a uh, diagnosis of having uh, cancer. And with like super healthy individual. And I mean, within a year, he was, he was gone, still had three kids. Um, and it was like the pandemic happening and then that happening and it like kept coming back to me. You know what? Like, uh, there's no possible way he's, that individual was on his deathbed saying like, oh, I wish I was at the park right now. <laughs> you right, know? Right. It's like, you're never going to be thinking that. And like, well, I'm missing so much of my marriage as it is. Like what? Again, like I wouldn't take back the experiences right, that I've had yeah. professionally um, or the relationships, um, but like the opportunity to get some time back and not the, mm-hmm. there's no amount of money or anything like that. It's not going right. to buy your time back. Right. Um, so that's been like, I see there's like some psychological, like emotional sure. things going into all of it, but um, it's been, uh, I would say like a lot of people have asked me like, well, at like, have you missed it so far? And like spring training is just about to finish mm-hmm. up right now. Yep. Um, and I, I miss some of the people, Yeah. but I actually surprisingly have not missed any of it. And maybe it's because like, Oh, I'm moving. I, I've got some other work things that I'm having to travel for. So I've been super busy. Yeah. Uh, but like, again, I'm getting to go through the pregnancy and be around for my wife. And that's, uh, I remember a friend of mine had uh, um, gotten out around the time his wife gave birth either right before or, or right after. And I, He's back in now, but I remember him saying, just talking like, I would have missed all this yeah. stuff and like how, how actually thankful he was for that part. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely a big shift 
a, a lot of shifts shifting, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so we're back in the Southwest and that's awesome. Here we go. Well, I tell you, I think only big shifts work. I, I go big, like my splashes are big. Like there's nothing small yeah. <laughs> about anything I do. And I say a lot of times when I'm talking on these, these podcasts is I use distraction. I think um, I'm thankful I was healthy, thankful that I'm even more healthy now. And yes, there's, there's been moments, right. That are just, sometimes they're just, it's harder or there's struggles that you have. Um, but I'll tell you what, if I don't use distraction, I, I, I don't know what I would do with myself if I just sat around the house. I mean, I'm, I'm a housewife. I now have a kid. Now I'm not homeschooling anymore. I'm literally at home. We just moved ourselves up to carefree. So we're mm-hmm. we've got a, a nice, nice new home. We just moved this summer um, so much further away from the limb center. I, I always mm-hmm. misjudge the amount of time it's going to take me to get there. But, you know, I just, I think if, if you don't, if you don't put your mind somewhere else, then it can go back. You know, I know you might be 18 years out and it's funny because I just talked to David. I don't know. It was this summer. I think it was. And he wrote me, he goes, dang girl, I just figured, I just had my first like serious phantom pains. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? How many years? 20 years? Wait, seriously? He goes, he got sick and it exacerbated something with the nerves. And he, I'm like, welcome to my club. It's good, isn't it? See, because I had TMR surgery last December. So after after I met you guys, it was, yeah, I think so. I don't think it was before I met you. But yeah, I had to get rid of neuroma, replug in the nerves into the muscle. And it has been a big help. But to have surgery again on that and have to be on crutches again for four weeks and heal. And then to put on a socket that just makes you cringe because your tissue is still sore for months afterwards. Whoa. If, have you ever noticed, I mean, it's interesting. And, and I love the idea that you are working with, let's call it able-bodied athletes at such a high level as an amputee. And, and one of the reasons why I picked who I picked for my interviews this month was because my ultimate goal is to show other men and women that are amputees, that this isn't the end of life. It is the beginning of a brand new journey that could, anything's possible. And it's, it's really a mindset. You could, you could be a physical trainer at that highest athletic level to, you know, did you ever, did you ever have any pushback from anybody or was there like just mad respect that you were out there? Cause I'm assuming based on the personality you've already exuded here that you were probably doing some of that training with them when it came to some strength training that maybe you got in the gym and they saw you doing your thing. What was, what was the vibe maybe at the beginning more so when you were just getting started out, was there any naysayers? Were there any, any pushbacks? Uh, that's actually been the, you know, they probably talk about it. Like when you're not around, but mm-hmm. I, I've actually never, at least to my face, I've never really gotten any pushback on it. And I think some of that is like, it's, it's kind of like being in a foreign country. Like when you, you see somebody like, Oh, I think they speak English. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Since we're usually the, the dumb Americans that don't know <laughs> another language. Um, I, it's almost like, uh, at least this has kind of been my perspective on it. Like they recognize like if you are an athlete. Mm-hmm. And so I think that part has always helped um, just from like, uh, yeah, maybe I'm not playing at that level, but they can tell if you're an athlete or not. And I think that part has always helped. Um, Cause I've always like, especially early on. In my, life, <laughs> my dogs uh, are still sleeping. <laughs> But like running and part of a rehab progression with a guy, or I was at a uh, very well-known baseball player actually. I would uh, he had a broken wrist, and this is a few years back. And I would always run with him during his rehab progression, and he he'd always like he he definitely put on the burners and, and smoked me. But he said he's like you were he'd say like you were keeping up with me, and he's like I, I can't let that happen. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a pride moment there that they have to at least be to 
Yeah, yeah, for sure, for uh, sure. Um, but I've never really gotten any pushback, and I think in some of my like roles, I, I'm honestly I don't know if some like especially like in some of the interviews because you're wearing a suit, like right. I don't think a lot of the people know, um, which I actually kind of like to keep it that way. And so it's like based on your per- performance versus yeah, it has nothing a pity to do party. With yeah, 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 and and I'm sure that's just my own probably issue I have to deal with at some point, but um, I think that's uh, a good thing, but it's, uh, I've never, it's just been like a way that you might stick out so people could recognize. Like, I, I think there's, a, there's something to that. Like people like, Oh yeah, the guy with one leg, um, mm-hmm. but it, I've never like, I've never felt like it's hindered me professionally, which has been, which has been good. And maybe it has, but I've never known it. Never felt um, it. And I would, but I would never want to use it as a um, excuse for anything. I think I probably missed two. I missed one full day for sure for, uh, for like some limb stuff um, in, in 14 years. And there's been some definitely rough moments. Uh, like if you've had a skin breakdown or have any sort of like got anything that's gotten infected on your limb before mm-hmm. um there can be some some misery that can be associated with that it makes you very aware of uh, a lot of different things in your body and it actually makes i feel like which this has helped me is like just it helps you realize like just how interconnected everything in your body yeah. is um like just because my like if i like I can, I get localized infections from time to time. And I like, I can knock those out quick, but like, if it's getting bad, like my, my hamstring on that leg will start getting tight. And it's like, okay. Like, uh, so it's like, you start picking up on little, uh, intrinsic warning signs mm -hmm. that that your body's giving off. Um, and not having a big toe, like I'm very particular about the feet I get. Um, I go through feet the quickest. I generally break them after a, a year or two. Uh, but like this foot actually doesn't have a big toe. I'm like, okay, now, interestingly, my, uh, I can't toe off. I'm not going to be able to toe off as well yep. when I do like sprint work. Right. And because of that, like on my right hips kind of bothering me now. Like, yep. uh, so it's like you start picking up on even some biomechanical things that I think that's you, interesting. Maybe you, you learn, but like you start piecing it together a lot more. Yeah, no, it's, it, that's really interesting. Um, okay. So getting close towards, yeah, we'll have to be wrapping it up here, but um, it's interestingly enough that the people that actually listen, yes, there's some amputees, some that are possible future amputees, but a lot of people are, they just have a lot of medical issues and they're really feeling mm-hmm. they're in a bad place that like to listen. And so I think it's all intertwined, whether you have a limb loss, a limb difference, if you are just really sick, you have diabetes, nothing seems to go right for you medically. I have a friend that's like that every single thing. She gets infections easily. She's had a heart attack at early age. She's got issues with feet. It's, it's a big ball and they can easily get down. If you could give anybody what is a good recipe for success? What is it that you think it takes to overcome some of those kind of dynamics that happen in our lives when we hit that wall or we hit that valley? What has helped you rise up out of that so that you don't sit back and feel bad for yourself and, and play that card? Yeah. Um, honestly, honestly, for me, like I, uh, I go back to something like I always looked at this in like high school and college. Like if I had a big project, like I'm going to get it done. So that was always just kind of my, my, anytime anything big comes up or like, okay, like this is what's seemingly stressful. It's like recognizing it, having the awareness of the situation, but being like, okay, like this is not good right now, but like I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get it done. Like it's, uh, just knowing like that's not the end if if that makes sense like there's uh that for whatever reason has 
since this, my, uh, my accident, my car accident happened, has always been kind of on my mind. Like, yeah, that's it. I just never viewed it as like anything that's come up as the end point, no matter how like much stuff I felt like was building up, even like work-wise at home or like you're moving, you're like all these different right. things. Like, uh, it's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, that is seriously a, probably a message that comes up every week for me is, you know, it's good to have gone through things to understand that where there's a valley, a mountain will be and enjoy the view because you will go back down again. You will have that moment of stress, uh, a lot going on in your life, a lot going wrong in your life. And, and, and as a to be father, they're all phases. Just remember that. <sighs> When you can't see on this phase, don't wish it away. Like I don't see handprints on my doors anymore. And they used to be all over those doors, right? Those windows. And uh, I remember my husband going, you didn't do anything. You didn't wash it. I'm like, I'm leaving it. I don't know if they're going to do much more. I want to see that handprint. It will pass. And I, you know, I think that is really, really good advice. I think that each thing that we come to is just some character building moment that we can choose to learn from and rise from, or we can succumb to it and, and then struggle. And and I feel like this is going to probably seem cliche to people, but like, I can honestly look back on like all the events that I thought were like bad, let's say at at the time that I was going through them. Um, Like those have been the ones where I've easily taken the most growth from. Oh yeah. Um, but there's something I, I've, I probably learned from, I've always liked, what, what I've liked about working in pro sports is like, I like uh, observing like the qualities of people that, especially the elite of the elite, Yeah. whether I agree with who they are as people or that, that has right. nothing to do with it. They, everybody has something at, especially at that level that they are just, they're elite at, not their skill, but there's something right. in their personality Um, And I always saw the people that have sustained success, particularly at the major league level, whether they're pitchers, hitters, it doesn't matter. They are consistent on who they are, whatever their personality is, that is consistent all the time. And those are the people like, those are the, those are like the hall of fame type type people or the people that have like uh, 10 years is a big thing. Getting 10 years of service time is a big thing at the major league level. Um, And they are, um, that doesn't matter if you're a hall of famer or not. Like that just means you've been able to be, uh, have a 10 year major league career. Like that's sustained success. Like getting there is easy, which sounds crazy because it's so difficult to get there, but staying there average major league career is not that long. But anyways, all of those people, they are all like super, super consistent on like who they're emotionally consistent. And especially the ones, the elite of the elite, yeah. like that's yeah, even, even more so. Um, so like, I, there's always a hitter I had in mind uh, and an MVP. Uh, and like, that's one thing he, he actually, I had a conversation with him about it on the bench one day. Um, and he said he was super emotional when he came up to the major leagues and somebody called him on it, like a veteran uh, player called him on it. And since then, like he, whatever, he strikes out, he hits a home run. Doesn't matter. Like he goes back to the same spot on the bench, like goes, goes through the same little routine. And, you know, obviously he's excited to hit a home run, but he's always like right there. Kept Um, emotional. Yeah. And that, that definitely left an imprint on me of like, okay, like it's, it's just showing up every day and staying consistent. Yeah. Um, and the people that are like, they're super high or super low, mm-hmm. and we're human. It's going to happen. Uh, yeah. So uh, no, nobody's perfect. But like that to me is like kind of what you attain to. Yeah. Um, just, just that emotional, like that emotional neutral, not, not to say like you're Monica. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you don't want a robot, but I get support. what you're saying. Well, and it makes it, I think, easier to take those lows because you're just, it's hard to come from a high and go really low. And, you know, softball was my sport. And so, um, and my dad played for Nebraska. He was all American and played in the minors. And so baseball was always my thing. And 
you know, I tried to tell my kids who played a little bit and I'm like, even the best players strike out and even the best yeah. players get into ruts. But if you let that emotion go in your head and you start getting into your own head, you, you struggle to get out of it. So you just yeah. keep it, just keep it real each time. It's a new, new, fresh start when you get up there and, and everything. Yeah. So I could literally have so many questions to ask you, but we should move forward. I want to end with a fun game just to get a little bit to know you really quick. So just when you hear the two things, tell me what strikes you as more of your favorite or, or whatever. Are you ready? This is called this or that. I'm ready. All right. Football or American football? <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to say American football. I, I like both though. So. Okay. Sweet or salty? Mm, salty. Mm, fishing or hunting hunting all right Indoors. i never liked fishing no see that there's For a thrill there even if even if it's just nibbles i love it uh indoors or outdoors outdoors even in the summers here <laughs> even in the summers here awesome. it's all as right. difficult as that is i know it's coming uh comedy or reality oh uh comedy thick crust or thin crust my wife and i were just talking about this uh, New York, then cross. Oh, you're a Midwestern boy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I traveled I, a lot, though. <laughs> that you you struck me as a thick crust. All right, let's see about this one. Starbucks or Dutch Bros? Uh, can I say neither? I'm a bit of a coffee snob. Oh, now so, if I have to pick between the two, I'll say Starbucks. But what do you uh, go with? But I always look for that's my first thing anytime I travel or anywhere we move. I look for like a good, like local coffee spot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Not the big chain. Mm-mm. All right. I like that. But the quality of the bean is important. It is very important. True, true. All right. Mountains or ocean? Uh, again, uh, I'm going to say mountains. Love right. both, but mountains. Summer or winter? Mm, summer. And morning or evening? Uh, morning. You're a morning person? Yeah, I just feel way more. <laughs> I wish I was more of a morning person. <laughs> no, ditto. I, feel, I feel way more accomplished as long as I like get up and get rolling early. Oh, that's good. I wish. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm trying to get into good habits. The sun's up. We have a new puppy. I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as that sun yeah. comes up, she's like, what's going on? Well, Andrew, <laughs> it was a blast having you on and I definitely want to have you back because there's a lot more we could uncover. And I'd love to hear a little bit about the changes that are coming and maybe seeing mm-hmm. you as a new dad and uh, <laughs> yeah. in that new role that you're playing, but thank you for um, coming on and yeah, sharing you your story. I, I appreciate it. Sometimes um, it's really a struggle for people to share their, their past and their struggles that they've been through and the tragedy Um, but it's good to see tragedy becoming a positive momentum forward and you making changes and, and, and doing good things for other people, which is, you know, it's, I think that's the way that people heal is by reaching Mm -hmm. out to others and, and healing them too. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you very much. All right. Well, there you have it, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Andrew Hauser and I hope that you, Um, saw some positivities, you saw some strengths. Um, If you are someone with limb loss or limb difference, um, I'm hoping that you kind of see the pattern of what it takes to kind of bounce back and that no matter what, whether you're like me who elected to go through the amputation process or someone like Andrew who went through tragedy, You can rise up. You can make something of yourself. You can do good things. You can feel whole. And I just, I hope you continue to stay on. This month, I have a great lineup of guests, and it will be powerful to listen to their stories, hear how they rose, and just to see the success that can be reached through the mind, through the body, through the spirit. So as always, I hope that you have a great week. Be healthy, be happy, be you.